0: Hey, Dan talks listeners, I am so excited for this week's episode. I'm talking to Christopher Gonzalez, who I know first from college. I saw his work in the American College Dance Festival when I was there from Davidson. He was there from Wake Forest, and we've stayed in touch since then, and i followed his remarkable progress as a dance artist and also as a body positivity advocate in the gay community and he also he lives in atlanta now he won last year the mr world cub competition so he holds that title still and i think he has a lot of really smart poignant things to say and i really love talking to him and uh, i hope that you find as much solace and um, comfort and inspiration in his words as I did stay safe everybody wear your masks drink your waters and uh, take care of each other
1: okay love you guys
0: Christopher how are you doing
1: I'm good This, you know COVID is ruining everyone you're an (laughs) arena right yeah, now I'm in Atlanta. Yeah, I moved from Orlando last year, so I've been in Atlanta for a year now. And you've already had COVID, right? I did. Yes, I had it back in March, like middle of March.
0: Back when it was like the first, well, like it's we're still in the first wave, but like the initial right. gap. Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, yeah, when I when they had no testing available, like right. at all.
0: What is so? You weren't. You were like
1: presumed positive for it because like the testing was so effed up that you couldn't get the positive test right correct yeah so what happened was that i was sick for so i was supposed to go to europe my trip got canceled because of like the ban that trump did like on european travel and then i worked on monday so i was like on friday or thursday or whatever and then on monday i went into work started to feel a little bit feverish and then it just like progressively got worse so then by wednesday i had called the COVID hotline because we have one for um for both the cdc and then also for fulton county because we were kind of one of the hot spots for a while and so i called them they told me to go to the hospital because i was essentially i had a fever i had chills i had a headache that felt like my eyes were being pushed out of my head um and then they told me yeah, you qualify, so go to Emory Midtown. And I got to Emory Midtown, and they basically said, we've got no tests available, we're only doing it for healthcare workers or people who have been exposed to someone who had it. And there was a flight attendant who had just gotten back from a trip that apparently somebody on his crew had gotten it. And so he was, yeah, so he was at the bar that I work at, and then I was, like, sitting next to him, and then I was like, oh, crap. So I probably got it from him. And that... It was just, like, a big old thing. So I had pneumonia. They, like, did a chest x-ray. I had pneumonia. And they basically said all of your symptoms align with it. So they presumed me positive for it.
0: What did it feel like to have... I still haven't had it, and most people haven't had it. Right. Um, What does it feel like to actually have it, not just physically, but, like, emotionally?
1: Um, It is... It was very strange because so my thing was that like i've always been very transparent with people like regardless of what you know of what the topic is like whether it's my sexuality or whether it's like my businesses or whatever i'm very transparent with people so like i wanted to give people information about like what it felt like first and foremost and the fact that there wasn't a lot of testing so if there's not a lot of testing and we don't know we can't treat it properly what are the precautions that you need to take in order to avoid this you know Um, so I was very open with people. It was interesting though, because I had a lot of support. There were a lot of people here in Atlanta that were like, they were bringing me groceries or they were bringing me like coloring books so I could like color at home. Like they were, I mean, everybody was super great. And like, even my bosses were, um, very understanding and they told me to, you know, get, you know, get better soon. And, um, I think that it was, it was emotionally draining for me personally though, because I'm just constantly on the go. So to sit at home for two weeks, I actually sat at home for like 16 days and it was just, it was so boring. was <laughs> so boring. But my symptoms were gone within five days. So I started, re I started teaching again, my yoga classes, I started teaching those again um, via Facebook and it was just, I needed something to do. Do you feel a sense of relief now? Um, yeah, but the thing is, is that like, it, it, there's so much uncertainty surrounding it still, you know what I'm saying? Because... Um, I tested for the antibodies, and I, it came back negative. So, it, so they're also saying now that apparently the antibodies can last. Their timeline that they're kind of at right now is within, you know, um, it's like four to six weeks or something like that, that that's like how long the antibodies will stay in your system for the current time being. Um, but, you know, there's all different kinds of strains and stuff like that. So there's also apparently with the antibody test, it's, like, 99% accurate if it comes back positive. If it comes back negative, there's a 45 to 50% chance that it's a false negative. So there's such a huge window that you're like, why did I pay for this test? <laughs> like, there's, it doesn't make any sense. I feel
0: like there's so much uncertainty now just around absolutely everything that everyone yeah. has had to up their tolerance for uncertainty to a level that we've, like, never had to before. Now, you work at a bar yeah, exactly.
1: right? Yeah. And is it yeah. a bare bar? Uh, technically, I mean, so it's a so it's a gay sports bar here in Atlanta. It's one of the I think it was the first or like it's like the only in like the southeast right now. Um, but it's it's been around for 17 years, so it's really popular and like they have a really loyal clientele base. So it's not. it's not going anywhere right now but I also work at Heretic which is a huge dance club here in Atlanta as well so I worked at both places and like right before I got it I was working that Thursday shift and then I got sick so people were like oh my god he got it from Heretic and then it was like the second wave of like when they reopened then people got sick again they're like oh my god these people got it from Heretic and it's like y'all like the your risk of exposure no matter where you are right now is super high (laughs) you know what i'm saying like because there's so many people that are asymptomatic right what and that's the thing people need to remember is that it's not
0: about like if you feel sick it's about like you have to treat it as if everybody could
1: have it because that's like the It's already well you have to treat it as if everybody's already sick right exactly (laughs) that's that's the other that's the thing now i want to backpedal what is the deal with gay sports bars
0: Shockingly, I've never (laughs) been to one. Like, I've never been to boxers here in the city, or, like...
1: I love boxers. It's so much fun.
0: like What's the deal? I feel like...
1: Um, I don't know. I've been to Nelly's in D.C., and that was a lot of fun. Nelly's is a lot of fun. Um, I think Nelly's has changed a lot. Uh, Uh, Nelly's has changed a lot since I've been there, from what I understand. Well, no, I mean, no, it's not, like, all tea, all shade, whatever. (laughs) But, like, at this point, like, I think that it's... I think it's changed just because... I think that it's just a different clientele, but like also DC has changed a lot because I'm originally from DC. So like DC used to be a lot of like the older, like, um, gay community that was kind of like revitalizing the city. So they were like, there was a lot of gentrification that was happening. And while there's still a lot of gentrification happening right now, it's also, a lot younger because the young professionals have kind of moved in and taken over all of those jobs on the hill um, so it's very very different but to go back to your like question about sports <laughs> bars to gay sports bars to be totally honest I don't work at the gay sports bar for the sports I work there for the men because they are like <laughs> they are very much like my type like everybody who walks in it's like a walking like wet dream it's really sad but Which uh, is just like like anyways it's thick like hairy big thick burly hairy but the thing is too is like we're also right next to this huge apartment complex we moved so we're next to a huge apartment complex So we have a ton of straight people that come in there we've got drag queens that come in there we've got you know little we've got anywhere from like all the way from like twinks all the way to big old daddy bears so it's kind of all over the place um but realistically it's just i think that there was an uh a niche market for People who enjoyed sports, but didn't feel like they could express themselves in their like sexuality or their gender expression at regular sports bars. So therefore, these gay sports bars started popping up and they were like, oh, finally a place where I can go and be myself and enjoy what I want to enjoy without having to submit to these... Ideologies of what a gay person should be or what they should be interested in and so on and so forth. So, I, you know, Woof's has been a safe haven for a lot of people over the past, you know, um, like, uh, I think, yeah, seven, we're going on 17 years, 17, 18 years now. Um, and I've worked there for a year plus now. So it's been, <clears throat> it's been an interesting ride. And like, we, like I said, we still have that loyal customer base and they come in and um, <laughs> they get, it gets, you know, rated, you know by the local papers is like the best place to meet men besides like the atlanta eagle or like whatever and it's you know it's just a very diverse crowd and it's it's very accepting of um pretty much everyone i think that there's still a lot of internalized homophobia about like what it means to go to a gay sports bar like you're trying to hide something because you're trying to fit this like hyper masculine picture of who you are but realistically like First off, we've got really great food. Like, it's also a restaurant. So, like, people come there for the food all the time. And, um, you know, we have a a pretty diverse wait staff and pretty diverse clientele. So, you get whatever... Whoever is there is what you're going to get. But you would <laughs> you know?
0: understand if someone was more femme, how they would feel like there would be an avoidance of it because of, like,
1: the masculine um, em- emphasis. I think so i think the nice thing about woofs is that so you've got me for example right like i came into woofs and so for a really long time i struggled with my own gender expression like being a dancer first and foremost like and growing up a dancer and an actor like what did that mean for me like what did that mean in regards to how i was supposed to present myself because i was part of the bear community and like there wasn't really anybody like me when I first came onto the scene. Like I didn't see anybody who was a dancer, an actor, or anything, or like outwardly putting themselves on social media as a dancer, actor. Um, well, primarily a dancer. But um, so when I walked into Woofs, it was uh, it just they became my family because they, you know, I moved to Atlanta for the wrong reasons. I moved here for a guy and like and that went south really quickly. And so I kind of fell off the track. I wasn't dancing, I wasn't acting. I was teaching uh musical theater for Alliance Theater, but then I just needed a side hustle because it was just uh, Atlanta can be really distracting in a bad way sometimes. Um just like New York can, just like DC can, just like San Francisco can, but like um I needed a side hustle. So I got to Woof's and they just kind of became my family. They all adopted me and they were like, look, you've got a place here. I've worked there for a year. I love all of my coworkers and, you know, the clientele. Um, But we've got, like I said, a lot of people from the surrounding bars, which are, I don't want to say that they're more femme or like twink friendly because realistically, like we, like we accept anybody who comes in there and I've got friends of all shapes and sizes that come into Woof's all the time but you know like in uh in midtown midtown is primarily where like you've got like the midtown queens kind of like how you got the chelsea and hell's kitchen queens right like yeah exactly Buyer so,
0: well.
1: <laughs> yeah exactly exactly um so you know you've got like the midtown queens which are very um you know they're the younger they're the younger crowd i think that there's definitely an older crowd that comes to wolf a different demographic um but I think that all of those lines are bla- being blurred right now, which is really great. Um, and also, like, I hate to say this, too, but with within the past, what, maybe five or six years, the term, like, daddy has become a thing, right? Like, for like for sure. Like, oh, I want a daddy, or oh, I want this. And so, <laughs> sometimes people just go so to whoops to look for a daddy. Mentioned. And, like, yeah, exactly. You know what? Like, if you want to come into whoops and look for a daddy, like, maybe you'll find one maybe you won't but realistically i think it's just a place where people feel more comfortable it's a it's a really chill atmosphere and um there's not really like an air of pretentiousness i don't feel that like i do at some of the other gay bars um but like i'll walk into any gay bar like i don't care who you are i don't care what you like what your stereotype is like if you got a problem with me then like you can take that up with me one-on-one that's not anything about like where the like we fought way too hard to have places that are supposed to be inclusive for you to be kicking me out because you don't agree with who i am right, right. that's dumb.
0: i want to talk about your title as mr world cup
1: <laughs> yeah <laughs> mr world which cup, has been rolled over right like yeah, so we're going into year two so it's uh, so 2019 2020 which is funny that you're asking that because the reason I <laughs> the reason I asked you to push it back a little bit was because um, yesterday there was a jock strap auction for the leather archives museum in Chicago and I was watching I was trying to find I was trying to record like my little snippet of like my jock auction um, my jock sold for a hundred dollars so, wow. like you yeah <laughs> like yeah, it used. Wow. Yes, used. That's pretty good. Not, Wait, like, do you think 100 not, is not high or low? Not extensively used. Huh? Do you think 100 is high or low? Well, at the, well, here's the thing. I think it's funny because... I think it's a good rate. Yeah, I think it was... I think I I, I was definitely not thinking that it was going to sell for $100. I thought it was going to sell for way less <laughs> than that, like, honestly. Like, I thought it was going to sell for way less than that. Um, but, uh, like, my leather daddy, um, who he won... So... My previous title before that was Mr. Bear Bear 2018, which is from a nudist event that happens in the Poconos. Um, and so I entered their bear contest, and because I had that title, I qualified to go on to World Bear. Um, so, and that's how I competed at World Bear. Um, so I assume year.
0: there's no evening gown
1: for Mr. Bear Bear. Well, you know it's funny. So, uh, we'll we'll talk about all of yeah. that in a second because <laughs> it's a it's a whole it's like a pageant. Like it's literally right. like the contest is really just like a pageant. Bear bear was not. It was more of just like a fun by the pool pool games. Like you had to collect cards, so you really had to like work the crowd. Yeah, was, but you won. It was, it was a, was a of competition that you won. Yeah, exactly. So but it was but it was a lot of fun. It was a and lot of fun. That qualified you for the um, World Bear for the for the World Cup contest. For the World Cup title. Yeah, yeah for the contest. Yeah. Does someone is there someone from so, every state? Uh, no. So the contest is still re- was still relatively small when I competed. Uh-huh. Um so it's the same. So Adam Rodriguez rout um Paul Lanner and Mason Mason Stryker from Wolf Stryker Leather. Um, <clears throat> those are my three producers for the event. So, like, they produce World Bear and the initial or the inaugural World Bear event was the year before. So, the year that I won my Bear Bear title was the initial or the inaugural World Bear Sorry. event. Um, but they also produce. Adam is the is the head producer of North American Bear Weekend, which is a huge event that happens in Lexington, Kentucky. Now, World Bear happened in Cincinnati? Do you think the people in Kentucky C- know that? What? That there's a big event? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, they do. It's, is it then, it's like, funny because it's in, downtown
0: Lexington or whatever?
1: <clears throat> no, so it happens at the Marriott Griffin Gate Resort in Lexington, if you're familiar with Lexington at Can all. Can you imagine a um, family
0: who just, like, rented a room there not knowing? Do you realize that that
1: happens? So yeah, what is that? Happens. Like,
0: so you're, like, if they're in the lobby, and they're like oh, is this, like, a biker thing? And then they're like, oh, everyone smells really good. And then they must be very confused.
1: So, um... uh, Plot twist, they don't always smell good. (laughs) Um... (laughs) I mean, they might smell good to some people, Uh like... I'm like, I'm into that, whatever, but there are some people who are not like, so they don't smell good at all. Um, however, but it's funny though, because the, so when they make the reservation, like for the, um, for the hotel every single year, they tell anybody else who plans to, or like reserves a room that weekend. If you're not booking under the room code that is for the event, then they will call you and they'll be like, "Hey, there's a big event happening that weekend. It's a gay bear event. I don't know if you're familiar with it, blah blah blah." blah. But if you want to be transferred to another hotel, we will accommodate the that. The Marriott, or if you want to see be, it's a gay bear event. <clears throat> yeah. Wow. They're super. They're super great. Honestly, like they're education they corridors. are the best. They are the best staff in the world. Wow. That that hotel, they are super friendly, super nice. I mean, like, I teach, so I'll, te- my, I'll teach my bear yoga, and I'll teach, like, a clothing-optional, like, naked bear yoga, right? In the Marriott? And so, in the Marriott, like, in one of the conferences. That's exact and so but i tell them like every single year they're like oh i remember you from last year i'm like yeah like and you know i need my towels for my class and blah blah, blah blah but they know what's going on and then also like for the competition for example um so in the leather and bear community um if you are a former title holder the night that they crown or that they award the uh the current title like at like Mr. North American Bear like when they have the final night of the contest you are expected to wear your either your leather formals or your um or your title wear so like for me uh for north american bear i was already crowned world cub so i wore my sash and i was also the contestant wrangler so i was like trying to get them on stage and trying to get them whatever um But everyone, like, is walking down in full leather or, like, full garb or they're wearing their, yeah, like, and it's, and they're walking, like, right past the front desk. The only rule is, like, you have to have your ass covered, like, in public space. That's it. But they have also, once you get to, um, like, the conference room side, which is where, like, the ballrooms and everything for all that. They have um, a black curtain that's up. So once you get there, you can, like, be in a drop strap or you can be in whatever, you know, state of undress. You so that is it. a parting just of the gay Red fully. Sea
0: when you open those curtains.
1: Correct. You open it and you're just like, wow, there's a bunch of homosexuals. And so this <laughs> is, what
0: is the organization called? Or the event called?
1: So the, so the Kentucky Bourbon Bears is the name of the organization that hosts North American Bears. North American Bears. Um, um, Different from Mr. World Bear. Correct. Same producer, okay. like, same, like, initial producer, but it's a different event. So World Bear goes to a different... The, the plan is, um, obviously with COVID, that kind of, right. you know, put a damper in our plans. But the plan is is that they want to hold it in a different city every single year. Ah. And then they, init- they want to go international. Um, so, but we had... <clears throat> So but for the Cubs, it was, there were only two contestants for Cub. It was myself, and it was uh, somebody who actually was from Lexington, Kentucky. And so he knew, like, everybody in the audience. He knew everybody there. Um, super sweet guy, Alex. Um, super sweet loser. He actually A lovely worked. first alternate. No, 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 no. He's like my brother. He honestly is like my brother. Because the thing is, so when we were there, I was super nervous because... I was like, as soon as I found out that he was from there, I was like, shit, like I'm not going to. And win. are you recruited like, to had, go,
0: or you? Well, I guess right. You you were you
1: <clears throat> did the Poconos thing, and then you went here. So it so it's so it's interesting because Adam has asked me to compete for his events previously. Uh-huh. Because he was, so the first title, (laughs) so the first title that I ever won was in 2015. Uh And so that was International Bear Bash Cub 2015. That was, but that was for like, but that was for an event in Uh particular. Um, And so he was selling, he has um, like an underwear store, like underwear, swimwear, like whatever. And he sells at these big bear events. And so he was there. He saw me. He saw me compete. Or he saw that I signed up to compete. He pulls me into his store and he goes... (laughs) He's this, like, just huge bear. And he's just the sweetest. He's got the, like, tiniest little baby face. And he's just so sweet. And, like, these rosy cheeks. And he, like, goes... He goes, baby i know you signed up for this contest and i know because he's got that like southern draw. and he's like i know that you need a better swimsuit so you come over here baby and you try on whatever you want and you can take whatever you want i'm gonna give you a swimsuit and you're gonna compete in this contest and you're gonna win and if you win the only thing that i tell you is that you have to come to lexington and you have to compete for a north american bear and i was like Okay, (laughs) I was like, I was, I was like by the pool, and I was drunk, and I was like, okay, whatever. Like this guy wants me to try on swimsuits, so I went and tried on swimsuits. That's your Wilhelmina model scouting
0: in (laughs) models. You were at the mall, you were at the mall, and some guy in a
1: a fedora came up and was like, "Hey, have you ever thought about modeling?" Yeah, exactly. And so he, so I, so I won the contest. I went to North American Bear, did terribly. Uh I did because I had no idea. I thought being from florida like all of the bear events are like centered around the pool they are all outdoors they are all like whatever right like it's just like a fun contest whatever when i went to north american bear i was boom. gagged boom, girl, boom. because i was like i was like these girl it was like rupaul's drag boom, race boom, like boom, all boom, stars but I, like, <laughs> and i was just like oh my god i'm not prepared for this like i was borrowing outfits from other people because I was like like you know that like you know that gag where like she borrows Roxy Andrew's shirt like in like Drag Race. I was like I was that girl. I was borrowing because there are different categories or
0: contests, right? Which include question and answer. Include look like so what are the looks and what are give me like the
1: smattering of the (sighs) things. It is it is the most draining thing. Because you go from what to afterwards So, you go... Okay, so it's a, typically a three-day event, mm-hmm. right? So, when I competed at North American Bear, all of the categories were in one night. Mm-hmm. So, I had two days to prepare. Mm-hmm. I had two days to be like, okay, fuck, well, I gotta get all of my stuff together. I gotta do I all this. I, gotta outfits, do this. I need three outfits. I need my minister. answer for world
0: peace. I need my favorite... I need to cook my Oh, no, meal. girl.
1: It's not it's not an answer for world peace let me explain to you what it is let me explain what is it let me explain what it so the first category is like so you have to do bar wear right so bar wear can be whatever Seven. like if you're if you're a leather well if you're a leather boy you can wear like your leather outfit if you're a bear and you just wear like you know if you got like a lumberjack aesthetic going on you can wear that whatever so you've got bar wear what you would wear to go like pick up somebody at the bar. <laughs> I'm just imagining uh, how got- poorly I would do in this contract <laughs> You got, <laughs> you've got, um, you've got, <laughs> yeah, I, no, trust me. That was my first contest. So you've got, you've got barware, you've got title wear. So it has to incorporate something from your title, okay. whether it be your sash, whether it be a patch, whether it be whatever. Okay. Um, then you've got theme wear, which that theme for the first contest that I did, North American bear was superheroes. Okay. And me, the night before, I am taking my friend from Orlando and I'm like, bitch, I didn't realize that this was like, uh, people were starting to post photos of like their, like sneak peeks of their costumes <laughs> online. And I'm like, like, could this oh actually work? <laughs> <laughs> that was me. I literally, so I went, I was like, well, fuck, okay, um, Superman, like, I'll be Superman, cool. Like, I've got dark features, I got glasses, like, uh, we'll be Superman. Ran to Walmart because I knew they sell like all of those graphic t's. Did you not get right? these kind so of clothes like, at that time? No, I did. I was looking. Okay. I didn't. I, <laughs> well, what I were you going have, to wear? I should were, not Did have, you
0: have like a, a superhero t-shirt that you cut the? Honey, off? I
1: wore black. I wore black dress pants, black dress shoes. I wore these tiny, tiny, tiny little red briefs, and then I had, I, like I said, I went to Walmart, and I bought, like, a Superman shirt that I wore underneath a white button-down with a black tie, and, like, and I had this big reveal, like, yes. I tore away, and, like, and then I, like, pulled my pants down, yes. and I was, like, just standing in, like, my briefs, cute look, don't right. get me wrong, however, not anywhere near, like, Thor, uh-huh. who had a full hammer, like, on stage, it was, like, a whole thing. Okay, so
0: we have superheroes. So...
1: Yeah. So that first was first of all. Superhero. That's so that hard
0: the to, to differentiate between club wear, or is it, or bar wear, um, title wear, bar wear, and title superhero. wear. I mean that's different, but and are all these pretty much like some form of like tits out, like butt out, like assen- like essentially.
1: Like it's a yes. Encouraged? Yeah, kind of. Okay, yeah. and then we move I mean, on to and then that year was also i think fantasy wear
0: which is like so fantasy
1: yes so fantasy wear for me because i got big legs and a big butt i was like great i'm gonna be a wrestler and i just came out in a singlet Uh and like i didn't know anybody there so i couldn't like i couldn't act out anything Uh there was a guy who came out (laughs) and i was like this is when i knew i lost i was like fuck um he comes out wearing a chef's apron a chef's hat and he has a tray of cookies and he's like enacting that he's like baking the cookies he's feeding them to the judges and then he gets on stage he has the tray underneath him he kneels over the tray peels back the apron and has a bag of icing hanging from his groin and he full-on like as if he shoots all over the cookies and then he finally feeds it to another judge and I was, he got like a standing (laughs) ovation I was like, bitch, I was like, bitch, he won Like he won, like, it was the gag of the century, girl because I was like, I can't, I can't
0: did you know that these,
1: (laughs) did you know these type of pageants existed? no, I didn't know, I didn't know to that extent Mm -hmm. that was like my, that was like my entrance into it and then I told myself, I was like well I so I got paid to go to Texas Bear Roundup in Dallas and so I competed in that contest too which was a complete clusterfuck because nobody knew what was going uh-huh. on like it was the worst run contest I've uh-huh. ever been to because it's also like it's not about the contest at that event it is very much about the event so it's just something else yeah. to do and so I competed at that that was terrible and then I took a break and then when I got to G and I, I was like oh, well, this is a fun, cute little contest. I've met a bunch of people. Maybe I'll do well at this, whatever. And like, I'm just going to do it for fun because they don't have a lot of contestants. And so I won and I was like, oh, okay, cool. So like, what am I doing next? And then I like the the agreement was that as somebody, I wanted to be the first title holder to have that title from GNI that was going to go on and going to compete at a, at a national or international level. So I went to, (laughs) <laughs> so i went to world bear right. i went to world Cup. and i'm gonna tell you i have never prepped so much for something like i didn't even study or do that well for like my college like thesis project like i was like this is it like this is going to be like i need to because it was me and one other person yeah. right so like it was completely 50 right. 50 and i didn't know what he was bringing right. i didn't know anything and then if he had dropped out, there's the potential that I couldn't even get the title because it did, you don't win by default. You still have to clear like 90%, like Got 90 it. points or something across the board in order to win. And so I was, the was nudist Halloween. G and I was the nudest one. That one was fine. I was fun. It was whatever. Then we went well, to... Well, wait, no. Before
0: you get on from the nudest pageant, is everything naked the whole time?
1: Yeah, you're naked like 24 So what is the today, pageant? So it wasn't really... So it's different. So it's different. They've got three different titles that come out of GNI. So they've got Miss Lace, which is a drag queen pageant that happens at GNI. That's what's uh, close. Which you can... Well, it can be. There are some people who don't. There are some people who will do drag in like a... They'll just do like a little like, you know, like lacy camisole type deal, like sheer, whatever. So you can still see, Uh but they've got like full face going on. It's beautiful. Um, Or they can do full drag. Uh So they've got Miss Lace. They've got Mr. G and I Leather, which is like an actual leather Mm contest. Like that feeds into international Mr. Leather, Mm -hmm. which is the huge event that happens in Chicago. And then they've got Mr. Bear Bear, which no one really took seriously because there's not really a huge bear contingency at G and I. So my thing was, I kept asking myself, I was like, why are more men not coming to this event? Why are there not more bears and like cubs that are coming to this event? Because... It, like, changed my view of my body and, like, body positivity, like, that, like, immediately when I came to be event. And why did it? And so that... Because I was forced... So, growing up, and, like, I've got no problem talking about this, but, like, when I was in college, like, I was having sex with people to also have... To, to get money to pay for college, to pay for books, for stuff like that, right? And so, for me, I was this, like, hyper-sexualized person because i assumed that the only people the only reason people wanted to talk to me or be with me when they saw me naked was because of my dick Mm. that was it right and so when i went to g and i it was the first time that nudity was really normalized for me and it was the first time that i saw men of different ages different body sizes different dick shapes lengths girths whatever like they were all just like cohabitating in this naked environment for a week. And like, and it was just, it was fun because every day at five o'clock there's a social hour with a different theme that you can dress up or you can dress down for. They turned this huge barn into, um, a massive dance club like on the premises and like and they also have um leather works from uh fort lauderdale comes up and they set up a store and they also do like all different kinds of workshops and stuff like that so it's just so much fun it's just such a great event and so that was the first time that nudity was normalized for me and so i told myself i was like look i'm a dancer who's been body shamed for years for being a bigger dancer um i have been teaching yoga and like i don't really have like a huge clientele base because i don't look like the typical yoga teacher um and so it was the first time that i was like you know what i'm gonna reclaim my body i'm gonna reclaim my space because this is who i am and like i can't be putting out i can't be i felt like a fraud i can't be teaching these students that are like these young minds like these 13 14 year old boys and girls that are in my classes at the studios i can't teach them and to be body positive love themselves and understand the journey that it means to be a dancer and like coming to terms with who you are when i feel the complete opposite of that you know and so g and i changed my life g and i really changed my life and it wasn't Like, you know, people say, like, oh, they have that turning point in dance or in theater or whatever, that they just look at themselves and they're like, this is who I am. It wasn't that. It was literally having everybody else look at me and realizing none of them are looking at me. They're looking at me like they want to get to know me. And so that was like the most beautiful part of that. And that's what that's what pushed me to go on to World Bear or to World Cub because. I realized that like nudity for me became something that was something that I practiced regularly at home, something that I practiced to help other people gain a better acceptance of their bodies, and so that was my platform. My platform going forward was you know when I competed for World Cup, I gave this really long oh god, I gave this really you know this speech about. I remember my dance teacher telling me and pulling me into the office saying I was never going to be a professional dancer. I was never going to have a career as a dance teacher, as a dancer, as a, you know, as an instructor, whatever. um, Because I was too fat. And so because of that, I was bulimic and anorexic for a number of, you know, years on and off in high school and in college. And then when I got to college, that kind of changed for me. And like, and if I could... Tell that 13, 14, 15 year old Chris, look, like it's going to be okay in 10, 15 years. You're still gonna be teaching, you're still gonna be dancing, you're gonna be helping people to gain a better understanding of who they are. I would have taken him under my wing and I would have been like, You're okay. Like, it's going to be okay. This is just a minor road bump, you know? And uh and that spoke to my judges. And it spoke to my judges because I was being authentically me there was like a talent there was a talent section like right so you you do whatever you know it's either fantasy or talent whatever you could do either one and so i did this like burlesque type of dance performance to uh toddler calls b and so i was in this like black silk robe that was a tearaway. i was wearing like these tiny little lace panties i was wearing like this half like mesh crop top type thing and I just danced I improvised the entire thing like I didn't prep for it I just improvised the entire thing and I was like I'm just gonna go out here and I'm gonna show who I am I'm gonna show how dance makes me feel confident and yeah and they yeah and it's funny because my the guy who I was competing against apparently watched and he was like bitch you won (laughs) as soon as you as soon as I saw that he was like you won so it's just, you know, it. that's my platform. And, like, my platform is all about body positivity and the understanding that whatever your size is, whatever your abilities are, you know, whether you're able-bodied or not, or, you know, you're privileged or not, there is a benefit to yoga there's a benefit to dance and you should feel empowered to go out there and do whatever it is that you want regardless of what other people are telling you because you never know where you could be in 10-15 years doing the same thing that you love or making a career change because you found what your true passion was or you know it's just it's following what you what your gut instinct and what your heart tells you because it's not Like, life is too short. Like, that's something that we're really realizing right now in the midst of this COVID crisis is, like, you don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. You don't. You don't know who you're going to see tomorrow. I mean, I've had a lot of death happen in the past seven years for me. And so it's weird because I've almost become numb to it because the people that i'm gravitating towards now that are unfortunately passing away are people who are authentically living their lives the way that they want to and they're living them like their lives happy and i know that when they pass away there's not a day there's not a there's not a doubt in my mind that they would go back and say what if and that's what I'm trying to do. Like, that's what I'm trying to do now is, like, I'm trying to live my life as authentically as possible because these people that I'm gravitating towards are inspiring me to do the same, you know? And so it's just, it like, from GNI to World Cup, like, it just changed my entire view on life and who I am and what's important. I
0: want to ask you how your attitude towards sex changed after, as your attitude towards your body changed as you learn to appreciate your body how did your relationship to sex change
1: so my relationship with sex has always been very interesting because so i grew up in a very hispanic household um with a mother and a father who had my father was less religious more uh more academic and more um what's the word that i'm looking for more analytical you know like he was very like i think that he based things off of his own experience and the knowledge that he attained while he was going to school and like being one of 13 seeing his family you know go through all those ebbs and flows personally and then my mom is just one of two her and her brother and grew up in a religious household Grew went to catholic school and so on and so forth so so me being gay at first was like Oh God. Like I remember like my dad finding that I was looking at porn very early on and he saw the porn that I was looking at and he was like, this is just a phase. You're going to get through it. And so I kept thinking to myself, I was like, well, this doesn't feel like a phase because I felt like this for so long. And then going into high school, I was in a classroom full of girls essentially when I was in dance. And so I knew I was focusing more on my career than like trying to impress any of the girls in there. So I was like, okay, well clearly like that's like I'm not interested. You know what I'm saying? Then I moved over into theater and then in theater there were people that were being a lot more gender fluid and a lot more that were expressing themselves a lot a lot uh a lot like very different uh very differently than normal and so it became empowering to me like my sexuality became empowering to me and so when i went to college i was i was i was living a sheltered ish life when i was home with my parents and so i just went crazy like my freshman year like i was having sex with essentially anything with a pulse like any male with a pulse and so (sighs) once i started to realize the fact that like i was starting to equate sex with love and that hurt me a lot because there were people that i saw myself quote-unquote growing old with at the time right wasn't that anyone who was cute and liked you but that's the thing was that it wasn't no it wasn't it was anyone who paid me the time of day
0: wow they didn't even have to be whether they were
1: no it wasn't and the thing was that i think i at that point i was so because of what I had gone through in college and then going to a school that is, um, like, you know, I went to Wake. So it's, like, so going to Wake was very conservative, white, and, like, there were not a lot of people that were out when I was there, you know? Um, And so when I was there, I wasn't even... I don't even think I hooked up with anybody that was actually, like, on campus. Like, in in regards to, like, students. Like, it was me hooking up with either the kids that... (laughs) the kids god um the, college students. some of the students the college students over at like north carolina school of the arts yeah. or it was i hate to say this like or like married men from the city mm-hmm. you know because they were not getting what they wanted at home so i was like oh well i'll give it to you whatever you um and so that changed a lot because once i figured out like that this is my body and like it, i started to become more open to exploring new things and that's what really brought me into the leather community because there was i always knew that there was like a fascination personally with um bears and like older not like authority figures but people who you know like i had for a really long time i had like you know like that coach fetish or whatever and like and i, or I had like a like a daddy fetish and i like and i wonder to myself i was like why is this? Like, what is like, where is this coming from? And so, you know, I went to therapy and I like legit and I talked to him and I was like, do I have daddy issues? And he was like, I don't think you have daddy issues. I think it's just something that your mind has wrapped itself around that you are, that you're into right now. And like, and if that's going to be your case forever, then so be it. Otherwise, whatever. So, it so once I really took control of my sexuality and control of my body, I started to explore different like outlets of sex and outlets of, just um self-expression through sex and so that's how that changed for me was i became a lot more confident a lot more comfortable um i think i'm going backwards a little bit now though and like and and i'm acknowledging that because i think that atlanta has been so weird for me because i'm i'm approaching that age now of like being 27 and i'm seeing other people make the same mistakes that i did when i was younger and I'm like, oh God, like I just, and I think that I have a better understanding now of consent as well as as I being in the leather community. Like consent is very, like they teach that 100%. Like once that's one of your first lessons coming into the leather community. And so when I see people that are engaging in like non-consensual sex, for example, like at the bar or like, or non-consensual advances at the bar, it bothers me. And like, and it gets to the point where like, I want to educate them, but I also realize that like, not everyone's going to be opening to learning that. And like, am I wasting my time or am I helping this person? Or is it my place to step in? And like, you know, there's just a lot of questions right now. I think my sexuality has changed because it's now (laughs) a lot more like, it's a lot more solo based. Um, But it's like, you know, that, that to me, I've explored that a lot and I've explored, different relationships in regards to like daddy figures in my life. And like, what does that mean? Like re like reassigning what the role of daddy or, um, Papa bear means to me and like what that means. Um, so relationships have just changed for me. I don't need to be in a relationship with somebody to feel happy. Um, I can have a, you know, I've got two Papa bears here in Atlanta that, you know, they love me and I don't see them as often as I would love to, but I know that if I ever need to go back to them, I can go back to them and I met them at GNI at the nudist camp Um, and they will take care of me and they, you know, they, they care about me. Um, And like, and I've got, I hate to say this, but I've got a few daddies like that are like spread out around the country too, that I, that I connect with emotionally and sexually. And um, if they come to Atlanta, I connect with them, but it's not about the relationship anymore. It's not solely about the sex anymore. It's about something much deeper than that. That you're that you're allowed to have with more than one person. Mm-hmm. So are you totally it sounds like you're totally beyond the like, "Oh, I wish I had a boyfriend"
0: thing.
1: So does everybody feel like they want that one person that like they can connect with and that they can be with and share their life with? Absolutely. I do if it happens it happens if it doesn't it doesn't i'm not i'm not feeling one way or the other i think that there is a i'm very much an empath so i like to help other people and i understand other people's emotions and um i process them on my own terms and so i think that i've taken on that role now where i still help other people but i help other people because i've had a huge support system of people throughout my life who have helped me and so connecting with these daddies from around the country when i go visit or whatever it's nice because you know i can still text them and i can see how they're doing and they check up on me i mean every single one (laughs) i could say this but like every single one of the daddies that like that i hold very near and dear to my heart when they found out that I was sick, they were all messaging me and they were like, are you okay? Who is there with you? What did like, and they were checking in with me daily. Um, So I feel like I have, I don't want to like coin a term right now because I feel like I need time to do that. But I feel like I've got this like network of people that I just, that I share love with and they share love with me. And that's, okay that's that's for the time being because i also want to get back into my career like i want to get back into dance i want to get back into producing work um and also like atlanta might not be for me in the long term so i'm also deciding that like finding a boyfriend is not a priority i've got people who love me i've got people who support me and that's enough for me right now um, will that change maybe will it be something that i'm like oh, fuck, like i really want to find a husband i really want to find a boyfriend at some point maybe but at the same time i'm like right now i've <laughs> right now i feel like that jaded gay where i'm like oh, it's not <laughs> it's, it's a not. classic i'm 28 <laughs>
0: it's a classic late 20s single vibe
1: yeah and you're just like and i feel like once you get to your 30s like there's going to be more stability right. hopefully you've already had this boyfriend and that like, boyfriend and the other boyfriend and you're like well, and that's, and that's the thing too, is like, I've only had three partners in yeah, my life. Right. Well, you've had this one, that one, and the ol- other one. Exactly. But they've all been, but they've all been older. Mm-hmm. I've never dated anybody my own age. I've never dated anybody near my mm-hmm. own age. That's a really uh, smart thing. So <laughs> I've, well, I've also learned a lot from them. Yes. I've learned a lot from yes. them. And I still talk to two of the three. Mm-hmm. The first one was very, very, very abusive. And I got out of that relationship after two years, um, should have gotten out of it sooner, but after two years, I finally got out of it. And so that also restructured my thinking, like knowing that if somebody put their hands on me again, that was done. It was over. Um, if somebody spoke to me abusively, um, and, you know, mind fucked me, it was over. It's done. Um, so I went from being this 18 year old, college student who was just longing for someone to hold me and make me feel important and you know especially since i was going to a school where i didn't feel important i didn't feel valued i didn't feel um to somebody who has gained a lot of independence still has a lot to work through um as we all do but is comfortable enough that I can come home and enjoy my alone time and understand the fact that it's ultimately about me and I shouldn't make it about anybody else.
0: My last question for you is what is your advice to anybody who is vying for a title?
1: Oh, God. Um... And that can be any title. There's a lot. Oh, God. There's a lot. Um be confident um no if you're going for a title in the leather or bear community i say you should have a platform you should have a reason why or you in the, the legal
0: field or at your school oh, right
1: but that's a, exactly but that's the thing too like as an educator myself right like i told myself i wanted to be that teacher that was out to all of my students So that they had somebody that was in the same boat as them or had been through the same thing as them or at least related to it. That was my role in the education community. In the bear and leather community, I'm somebody who people have expressed that they look up to because of who I am and what I've been through. And so I share that knowledge and I share that my experience with them in the hopes that it'll benefit them. I think that in whatever title you are going for, whatever it may be, there needs to be a sense of confidence. There needs to, first and foremost, you cannot lead other people until you have led yourself and made the decision and made the choices, the hard choices, because there are hard choices that you have to make in order to better yourself because we all are super fragile human beings and like we hurt, right? Like it's okay to feel those emotions. So once you understand that it's okay to feel those emotions, once you understand that you are working towards a goal and that you have the passion to work towards that goal, you're going to be okay. Like it doesn't like ultimately it doesn't matter because you probably already have a title to someone. Like you probably already have a mentor title to someone. You probably already have a, you know, that they look up to you, that they're inspired by you. You would be very surprised at how many people look up to you without having any sort of title. So the title is really not that important. It gives you an opportunity. It gives you a platform to stand on and be like, I've got these people backing me. This is what I believe in. This is what I'm gonna bring to the table. But regardless, even if you don't have an entire, like, marketing team, even if you don't have a, uh, you know, an event or whatever, you can still put forth that positive energy in the world to help other people. And, like, am I the most positive person every single day? No. Like, we all go through our ebbs and flows. But before you go for any sort of title, you got to understand yourself first. You have to understand what you stand for. Like, and and that's going to change. And you also have to be open to change because what I stood for, you know, when I first came out is very different than what I stand for now. And that's because of my experience. You have to be open to new experiences. You have to be open to listening to other people. You have to be open to collaborating. You have to be open to understanding that there's a lot of responsibility also that comes with the title. So like, if you are comfortable with that, do it because it's <clears throat> empowering, it's beautiful. I've gotten messages from so many people that are like inspired by my story and inspired by who I am and the, you know, that I I'm doing my best. I'm not saying that I live my life 100% authentically, but doing my best to do that. So just do your best. That's all that matters. Once you do your best and you try, people will follow.